Hello and welcome to a special edition of 321 Lay On. We had the chance recently to have a Q&A, ask me anything type session with the staff of Frontier Dawn. Uh, right before we start season two, there were a lot of adjustments, rule changes, balances, new things coming to the game, and I was curious about what was going on and everything they'd been working on, so I thought I'd sit down with most of the staff and ask some questions. And so I thought we'd also share it. Also on a technical note, you might hear my mouse clicking a little bit uh, throughout. Apologize for that. We had some technical difficulties getting started, but uh, overall I think it's a really interesting episode to hear how they came about some changes and some direction behind the adjustments and balances and the things they got rid of, the things they added. So thanks for listening and enjoy. Anyone listening, we, don't care. we have most of the amazing staff of Frontier Don joining me for a little Q&A, ask me anything kind of type deal. I was curious about what was going on with season two. I knew they were all working hard and, um, you know, we've been on a break. How many months has it been now? For those of us that missed the gentleman's fall, it's been like three or four months. So there was a break. players get a break yeah exactly (laughs) so uh yeah we're excited i'm excited at least and uh i wanted to get a sneak peek and thought others might enjoy hearing what you guys have been up to we know you're working hard and appreciate all your work and uh yeah we're excited so i will uh ask some questions i'll kind of direct them a little bit but you know anyone feel free to chime in um and yeah, share anything you want. But uh, the first thing I kind of wanted to start with was um, saying thank you, which I kind of just did. But, uh, you know, I was only there for about half of the first season, but I thought it was, you know, really amazing. And it was just stellar all around and couldn't say enough good things. And, you know, I don't want to sound too fanboy, but uh, <laughs> just enjoyed everything and thought it went awesome. And thank you guys for all the hard work you did and all the hard work you're putting in for the next season. So. From the, the players to the staff, I want to say thank you and can't wait. Thanks, bro. I mean, I think we've, uh, we've all put our heart and our soul into it, and uh, we hope that shows. I think uh, one thing we all have is love for the project, and I think that's yeah. what really makes it shine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's an that's a awesome thing in this day and age to be doing something you enjoy, uh, to take time out of your you know work schedules and busy lives and put this much effort into it, I think is pretty uh, rare, which I think makes the game stand out for me at least. Um, you know, and it's it's all for a good cause, which is another thing that really attracted to me when I first found out about it. Um, and I wanted to talk about that, you know, because I think that uh, is something we shouldn't forget. I mean, the game is like, it's such a good group of players and staff, and it's like a, such a fun game. We almost forget like that that's kind of part of it. Like, not only is it a good time, everybody has a fun weekend, but it's, you know, the money is going toward helping people. And I kind of wanted to start off highlighting that a little bit. Um, I know Danny's not here yet, but she had some of the numbers. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, I'm not sure who to direct this one to. Maybe Josh start us off or yeah. whoever. Uh, Just kind of that, that heart behind it. Because um, I don't know if I've actually gotten the full backstory, but, you know, give us a little sure. snip, snippet of that. Sure, um, I'll go into it. And um, so just the raw, um, the, the company alone raised various numbers for different charities. Um, but 
as of last for last year, the uh, 2000 and uh, 2017 slash 2018 season, um, we raised seven hundred and fifty dollars for the Hope Hotline, and then um, just this year we've already raised two hundred. Um, wow. We raised we raised so much money with the gentleman's ball that Danny and I talked about it and decided that we were just going to donate from the raffle alone all the money um, that we got. Because uh, we we got a, a lot of funds because we I, a lot of people showed up to the gentleman's ball that we expected. We were like, oh, it's gonna be twenty people. It's gonna be great. All of a sudden, it was a packed a packed house. I could even see Pat's awesome costume. Like it was it was it was great. Um, it was all thanks to you guys. Um, so um, you know, it, it's it's been amazing. Uh, I think it all started out with uh, it's just um, as as most things. We were just kind of sitting around. And um, I, I was like, "Hey, you should like some nonprofit." And he was like, "Yes, I already have all that information. I was something I was already thinking about doing, and it was something that I've always wanted to do. Something T always wanted to do, and it was something I, I know that was very close to Tiffany and Pat's heart. And then, it, and then everyone else was vibing off of it too. And it was just kind of like beautiful music. Um, you know, uh, we have a bunch of musicians, and I think uh, in this, you know, we have Tiffany, we have Joe, we have Pat." And you know myself, growing from a uh, from musician family, my dad's a jazz bass player, and uh, Jake himself is in love with music. If you ever talk to Jake about music, he'll he'll talk about it for hours. Sure. <laughs> I think we listened to Ghost for like four hours last weekend. Um, <laughs> I hate music. But uh, but it, it's just kind of like, it's kind of like a jam session of thought, really. Somebody said something, and then all of a sudden, it just kind of. It's kind of spiraled, and it was uh, it was beautiful. Like literally, like in a week, we had this company, and we were ready to uh, start, you know, creating. And then I remember someone, a bunch of people said, oh, "You can't, you can't make a LARP in six months," and uh, we did. And, uh, and then from now, from you know, just having that time to expand on it, and you know, in our second year, and you know, it's it's just been it's been wild and crazy. You look back and you're like, how did we get here? And you're like, oh yeah, all the amazing people I'm surrounded with. And, yeah. uh, you know, and late nights and 3 a.m. when we're done all the work and we're crashed out on the couch watching, you know, some <laughs> grindhouse movie, you know, or John and Wick together for the fifth time. Um, <laughs> um, you know, we all, I think we all realize how blessed we are to be with you, you know, just be with each other, <laughs> doing something we love for the benefit of others. Uh, you know, some of us have been touched by um, the tragedy of, um, you know, suicide. And uh, I, I think this was a very, um, the, the right uh, avenue to go for. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it got started. Awesome. Cool, yeah, we'll get into maybe some more numbers or some, you know, if anything's changing with that or anything you guys learned from the last year that you want to sort of tweak or improve on moving forward um but it already sounds like it's going well and it's just going to be better from here on out um but if i want to wait for danny to talk about that or we can just start going into some of the stuff for next year if you want uh yeah i mean so we're talking stuff next about uh coming up yeah. next year because i know we're all really excited about uh all our hard work we've been doing the last couple months and we're all chomping at the bit to tell and not sort of speak about it, it's kind of tough. Right. We're like, we got all these awesome things planned. You'll see them eventually. <laughs> yeah, but no spoilers. Yeah, all right. Game, right. Yeah. This is, yeah, so we're done, right? That's it. <laughs> oh, see, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, we have a, a new campsite, right? Um, 
that we're going to be? Is this the first time any of you guys have played there? or? Yeah, none of us have been here before. And actually, I didn't know it was really open to other LARPs when I, when I found it. So, like, we really needed to find a second campsite, the one we usually use in New Jersey. Um, there's been more LARPs in, in, in that southern area of New Jersey that have been propping up, and uh, they've, they've shown attention to it. It's one that I, that Pat and Tiff and I used back in, in Haven. We played Haven. So, I mean, it's, it's a popular LARP, LARP camp. So they obviously didn't have the space for us uh, come March. So I was like, oh, crap, we got to find a new camp. And it literally took me three days just constant, just Googling. And I found this YMCA camp looked really cool, South Mountain YMCA. And then I messaged him, like, oh, yeah, we already have a LARP here, um, which happens oh, so nice. happened to nice. Legends, which is cool. So I already had people that, you know, that I've heard about that loved the camp. Um, so I, uh, I, I called them, and, you know, we toured the camp, and... It's amazing. Um, so there's 24 cabins. Each cabin can fit uh, 14 people. Each cabin um, is heated. Um, each cabin has each bunk has its own um, power outlet. Um, oh, wow. Each oh, wow. bunk has each bunk has its own cubbies, so you can put all like your stuff and you know arrange it so you know your stuff isn't everywhere. Um, it is it, each cabin, of course, is lit. Um, and then there is this huge mess hall that can fit that 250 people. Um, that's where we can we can you know, feed people. And then there's like an in space that looks like this. Like it looks like a um, it's like a mix between a theater and like an old cowboy like uh, saloon. So I'm really excited to get to use that area for you guys to have this awesome in experience. And there's like two fields. There's this big um, like like medium medium uh, auditorium area. So it's like this, like huge, like outside, just like amphitheater. Um, so it was a lot we can do with it. Um, you know, expand usually with the uh, with the campus in French Creek. We use so usually about three or four mod sites. We use constantly. This is going to expand that to five or six, um, and uh, I think you guys are all going to love it. So sweet, yeah, sounds good. Looking forward to it. Is that tough uh, starting like new season, new camp, or is it all just working out? Perfectly. Um, it, it's always it's always tough going to a new camp, especially when you know none of us know like, the land really. I and mean, when it's a camp we're familiar with, we all pretty much know where we can envision our mods are going to go and things like that. And um, one of the the big things, of course, was getting every getting all of our props up there, which uh, we moved uh, this weekend. Uh, you know, just to make sure that it was in that generalized area. Um, Oh, yeah. I like to say that uh, personally. I think I'm excited about working on a new camp, and although it does give us new challenges with our locations with our mods, personally, it gets me really excited because I like to be able to be, look around the camp, or walk it before everyone gets there. They go, oh, we could use this, we can use that. It kind of gets us all thinking more creatively, and when we all are in a creative mindset, it's when we can do our best, uh, we produce our best uh, mods and our best uh, products in general. So I'm actually really excited to see this camp. And I think it, it's kind of really interesting that this camp kind of fits, the new camp kind of fits our theme for this year, where it's like a new place. Um, and you'll, players will figure out more what that means uh, after our first event, but I'm really excited about it. Sweet. Yeah, I think that's um, something that, you know, if you stay in the same place year after year after year, things can get a little stale. Um, not that that was probably the case after only one year, for half a year. <laughs> in one camp, but... Uh, <laughs> No, that's cool. It's good to take advantage of those things. All right, well, let's get a little bit into the heart of it. I know you guys posted the new rule book, and uh, whoever came up with that little patch notes <laughs> thing was uh, brilliant. That was uh, that was a nice little like here's kind of the major changes and the quick notes of uh, 
kind of skim. That was uh, super helpful. I know I kind of glanced at it. Um, I skipped the mind section because I don't have any points in that. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it was patch cool. notes. Uh, patch notes was something we've been doing since the beginning, but this patch notes by Danny <laughs> is <Yeah>. far superior. <laughs> yeah. She did a really good job. job. Little uh, Dates don't aren't yeah. nowhere as good as what she came yeah. up with the document. So <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. Um so yeah, let's see. Uh let's talk a little bit about what was um some major ones. Joe, you want to talk about that? Some major rules changes, some big things people can expect to see. I feel like the biggest change um is actually I'd point to Tiff to talk about this, is um we got rid of one of the crafting classes, which was it was a pretty uh it, we actually talked about this at the last event of the year um and um yeah like, discussion for this change started like really early but uh yeah I'd, I'd tiff would talk at least about that sure you know yeah so we decided to remove polymath as a base class game um and so what we did is we took lot of the skills that it just involved, you know, talking your way out of problems or being charming, and we put that into common. And our thought that that anybody really could be great at talking. So why don't we put that in a spot where anybody can access that list and have a chance to, you know, be that silver tongue that, that talking person. Um, and then there, our plan is to take some of the more high-powered special skills and we put some of those into a title list. So when Patrick talks about titles a little bit later, um, we can elaborate on that more. But the, the idea is that, okay, if you really want to focus on that as something that does, you can take that as well. Um, and then when it comes to writing letters, and we liked that aspect of polymath, but it became just a beast to manage behind the scenes. And so we were getting, you know, got dozens of letters in one event, and we just, we found, like, I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> and so we yeah, it was a lot. to manage that is to give people a list of things that they can read each month and a list of places they can send to. And the in-game reason is, if you think about it, the boat can only harbors before it comes back. And so this way, if you want to send a letter to somewhere, you just have to, if you're going to have to pick these places for now, because it's not like there's a universal system in the old world. Like, if you're going to get a letter sent, you've got to pay for it. So that into the hex actions now so anyone can write a letter and anyone can research by spending their hex action on that mechanic that was the biggest change um and then from there we also got rid of professions so basically what that means is when all the players come in to game next event you'll get a chance to you know get the tools that you need for what used to be your profession, but now you can pick up any tool at any time in game. It can be crafted by crafters. We've got schematics ready to go out for that. And so um, anyone can go and mine. Anyone can go with an axe and chop down a tree in the forest. Section. And you just need to have the tool. So that way, we wanted that to be a little more versatile. Um, but we got rid of townsfolk. So there is no like townsfolk tool anymore. Um, if you'd like to spend time in the town, once the players have built up certain buildings, there will be actions you can do in between game based oh, cool. on the building. So, yeah, and uh, 
Yeah, and and those kind of changes were the idea of like making you know since the beginning when we started working on the game, um, making everything more open and everybody being able to do and make their character the way they wanted to and give them the freedom to do that. And it's funny because like when we talked about this, like we talked about it briefly, and then it was like we all came in. I think at one point, uh, as far as like getting rid of like the professions, and it was sort of like. I think it was kind of like waiting who would say it first, but we all kind of like, I think it was Danny who I was just like, so I was thinking we'd get rid of the professions. And I was like, yeah, I think, because, <laughs> you know, and, and then we, the letter thing kind of like happened naturally. And, you know, Rodown is still going to be in the game, but it's going to be something you earn as you explore or use the different tools. And, and, you know, exploration is going to be a big thing this year. That's like, you know, and we wanted to sure. echo that in, in, I think we really did nail it uh, with the changes that we made. And, you know, I think it's going to be really exciting this year when players see, like, you know, like a, more of the maps going to, like, open up. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to, I guess that was, like, that fell on me to, like, make the map. And we kind of, like, we planned out a lot this year. <laughs> yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of areas and a lot of places to go. So... Uh, that's really exciting, and and I think that you know the tools and and uh, the way that that system works now within the rules is really complementary towards that. Nice, yeah, it'll be super interesting to see how uh, everyone, all the players, take it and use it and explore. Uh, yeah, and I was thinking that um, sort of what led to that decision was it just something you guys noticed that like, hey, nobody picks these classes or nobody does these things. Um, or just like, I think I, like you said, we, this is hard for us to manage. How can we give people the same experience, but find a better way to do it? Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Um, and I, yeah, it's hard to, uh, I don't know if you felt this way, but like you work hard on something to let it go is, is kind of hard to take that step. You kind of feel like oh, I'm going to lose all this, you know, investment or time and energy we put into it. That can be a tough tough call to make but but I think that's what makes good games is when you can sort of tweak and prune and be willing to sort of cut out or move or change things that you're willing to sort of say it's cool. yeah, well, I, think I, think... That's, I think that's something we really all do very well because um, we're all friends um, mm. here that we, we all see a pattern we recognize something if it's something someone else is passionate about we can usually go up to them and say hey like maybe we should tweak this or work on this and I'm not going to lie. Some, we all get very passionate about things we believe in. There's definitely been some conversations over certain skills or certain things where, you know, we'd have one person uh, lobbying for something. You have everyone else telling them, ah, oh, I don't think we should work like this. But we all, we always come uh, down to consensus of, and it always comes out for the best. And that's consistent, something consistent uh, in the plot and, and the rules and even with um, general planning of things um, throughout the year. And that, I'm really glad that's something we do is we're all, we're all kind of have that caveat where, Hey, if someone brings this to me, I'm not going to dismiss it. I'm going to talk about it. And we all listen to each other. And I think that's what allows us to kind of, uh, adapt to things we notice in game and just like and patterns in general, really. And same thing with like, uh, if a player comes to any of us and says, Hey, I don't know if I feel about this. Well, we'll all talk about it. You know, there'll be a discussion about a complaint or a notice that somebody made because we're, you know, we're not, any of us are, thinking we have everything down perfect the first time. You know, we all like to uh, discuss things because it always leads you down a different path, different uh, thought uh, path of how you want to do things later on. It could potentially lead to something great in the future too. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you, 
when we, or I think with any rule system or with any game, with LARP, sometimes you expect people to react a certain way or absorb information in a certain way, and then when you release it out to them, and it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go, um, and being able to react to that in a positive way, I think I think we do that pretty well, and we're always looking like you know, like Jake said, or you know, we always try and do better. I think sure. you know overall. Yeah, and it's nice that I mean that it's a bit of, like you said, your friends, the technique technique group, and it's not so unmanageable that like you couldn't you know, take input from basically everybody and weigh all those things kind of equally, you know, whereas it's a large organization or a large video game or something like that, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to get direct contact and see the changes you want to make and also deal with, you know, the finite number of players showing up to the game, you know, to make sure they're enjoying it and things like that. And uh, that's one thing I'd also noticed is, about the staff is you're all very aware of like oh hi Danny oh Danny's <laughs> you're, here you're aware of Yo. what's going on and kind of checking in and making sure yeah you guys did you like that did that work out for you you know like not to a a fault even you know it's uh I, I think it's done well you know you're you're sort of measuring it and doing the things you want to do uh, but keeping that priority priority right I guess is what I'm trying to say that. You know, if you have this goal and you really want to make this thing happen, um, but nobody's really going to, you find out no one's going to be into it, you know, it, it doesn't seem like anybody's like, well, I'm doing it anyway. You know what I'm saying? No, uh, I, I completely understand that. And it's actually, you know, not to uh, put another feather in his cap, but this is something I think Josh does really well. And I would say better than anyone I've ever met. Well, he'll, every person in game, he'll have like at least a five or 10 minute conversation talking like, hey, how's your game? How's it going? What's going on with your life? Like, he'll, everybody. And, that, and he, that's, I mean, he's really good at it. And like, mm-hmm. you, and like, sometimes I'll talk, I can only talk to so many people. You know, we're all running around doing crazy things. We've got a mod going on. Someone's doing makeup. Joe's gluing a new EVA monster together. And like, you know, we're putting, an, so we're putting some sort of mask on Pat. And Josh is around there talking to everybody. And he'll come back, he'll come tell us, like, oh, this guy had a really great time in this mod. Or, hey, why don't we look into this? And he's like, it's really nice to have somebody like that. Um, I mean, we all do it, but Josh is just like, I'm, I'm really impressed by his communication skills. Yeah, he encourages us all to uh, get out there and be friendly, even when it's like probably not my first natural inclination to do. I think like on the the first event that you, Evan and uh, Ashton went to, uh, I don't even think I met you guys. <laughs> yeah, but I was there. I swear, I was there. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That's really awesome. Makes me feel good. But... So we talked about the profession and the, the class change. That's a big one. Was there? Did you have to like approach any polymath directly and be like? Listen, I did a little bit of that. The thing is, the, their role isn't going away. I mean, it's it's something that a lot of polymath was a role play choice. So in some ways, what we basically right. did is gave those people their builds back <laughs> so sure. that they can, they can continue to role play that all they want. And they can still take a lot of those skills um, in the in the common list. But now they can take that build and they can put it back into mind, body, spirit, different Another crafting crafter. if they want. Right. And if they really want to continue and focus on that role play the most, that's where they'll have the opportunity to take a title and, and stuff like that. And that way, um, you know, it, it can be something that if, if you're going to really make that role play choice, then we can work with you and um, really help you bring that out in your character. But um, it was just too much for 
anyone under the sun to be able to do that for us. So um, I think, you know, I'm hoping that nobody's going to lose anything of their character that is really going to impact them. And uh, so I did, I did get to talk to a couple of people about it directly. Going forward, I'm, you know, if anyone has any questions, you know, we're always happy to help. And from a rule standpoint and from a role play standpoint, like, hey, what would my character do now? I need some guidance on this. We'd be happy to say, well, hey, based on what you've done so far, make mm -hmm. these options. Something we really talked about is uh, we didn't want anyone to feel like, hey, we're making these changes, and now you're kind of like uh, up the creek without a paddle. Like we, we're all really sensitive to our players, and we understand, um, you know, if your character wants to wants to be a certain way, how can I do that now? And your rules changes, and we're we're not trying to cheat anyone out of insight or build. We're uh, we're really going to work, and that's something that actually Tip was really uh, keen about and brought up a lot. We remade things and put polymath a lot of the skills in the common list. Is like you know like oh so if I if this we use examples of characters if I'm a character who does this I can still do this this way and that and it works like and that's what we'll tell people if they have any questions about it. Cool. Yeah. Even with other skills that we've changed, um, if the the cost of that or you know because a lot of things like we we made a lot of skills better, um, and. You know, when we did that, sometimes maybe the build went up, and so those that build has been given back to the players. Um, you know, and they can spend it on the on the better skill if they want to, but you know, you know, or, or respec as as they see fit. Mm -hmm. You know. Cool. Yeah. Another another big thing um, is going to be the quartermasters. So. The quartermasters are not going to be sitting in the inn every period anymore. Um, what we're going to be doing is um, setting up a spot in the existing spot in NPC so that if players want to come and trade um, if their bank slot or if they would like to they can come to us there. But that way we don't have constantly someone just sitting in the inn. This will give us a chance to do those people up to run mods and help with the HUD and be a monster and things like that. And so the quartermasters will keep some characters that will still have presence in the town, but they're not going to be constantly just sitting there doing sometimes doing nothing. Like there was it was feast or famine with that job. Either the quartermaster yeah. was sitting there and they were swamped, or it was two hours would go by and there'd be like three people walking in the end, you know. So <laughs> it'll be it'll be nice that, you know, when Septima comes out, she'll have something to do and she'll have a purpose being out there, but then I don't have to sit there for two more hours or four hours doing nothing when I could be going back to the So, um, and that goes for all of the quartermaster characters, you know. Um, so the, the characters aren't going away, but they will be giving, given different roles field mods or talk to the, the players and stuff about what they need to do. Yeah, and the structure of, like, uh, the first game this year, um, because I, I think Tiff hit on like on doing like we're gonna have like a marketplace that kind of like takes place, um, and that'll be like you know when the quote unquote quartermasters will be out in a way that you can like interact with them um, freely, um, you know, if they're out. <laughs> yeah. But like the way the 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 flow of like the first game kind of goes is like. I think what we're trying to do is make it so that when like a quartermaster quote unquote, it's not out there the same way, but like maybe it carries over for like a couple mods or something like that. So it feels more natural and it's not, and then on our end, it's not a job, you know what I mean? Cause that's what it came right. to be. It became to be a, 
it came to be a job sure. and you sat out there and then you're out of the loop too. And in some cases you kind of, you know, I think we had a couple like in the background, like communication errors with each other. And I think this year it's going to be, you know, just looking at the outline that we made, you know, I think we all realize it's going to be a lot more intense this year, the things that we're doing. So, you know, we need all hands on deck and, you know, we're just, we figured out better ways to spend our time and, and still be available for the players, you know, for you guys out there. Uh, and speaking of, um, now we're talking about kind of like crafting in the marketplace. This brings up something really uh, I'm really happy about. I think we're all really excited about and the rules changes. And that's uh, new schematics that we made. Um, and we're all like, I'm, I'm pretty jazzed about them. I know Josh and Tiff definitely are because we had a lot of fun. Everyone really did have a lot of fun and coming up with all these crazy schematics. Um, and because uh, that's, that's, that's a perfect example of the feedback we heard from players. We had players who were saying, um, oh, we want to we start crafting things. But we really don't have the schematics, or we don't, or the materials are too could cost too much to make these things. So we kind of we we uh, we we took a step back after we did the rule book, and we're like, we need to change this system. And uh, Danny actually did a really good job, and I think Joe and Tiff were all sitting down adjusting how the schematics should work as far as cost, because uh, Danny's does an amazing job with organization, far better than I could, uh, with just making sure what goes out as far as like how many well how many players have this, how many players have that, how much mm. of this should we have. And because of her, we're able to say, okay, well, this schematic makes sense then. It'll cost this much. Now someone can actually do these things. And then we got to do fun stuff, like make schematics where it's like, um, you know, a crazy whip you can use to pull people around, like Indiana Jones style. You know, really, like, kind of fits the feel of the game. And I think players are going to be re uh, really um, excited to kind of, like, get, make these schematics and kind of deck out their characters because it's very fun to, you know, progress your, co your costume in and out of game. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just going to, like, really jazz up crafters. Oh yeah, I think that's something I'd look forward to, and not even a crafter, but uh, even <laughs> even even yeah, it encourages that collaboration. You know, getting like I don't know, I can't make this, but you know, I have these materials. Let me interact with other players, maybe NPCs or whatever. You know, get them to do something that they enjoy, and their character feels involved in the progression of someone else's character and in the town and stuff. Um, yeah, it just sounds like it's gonna be cool. So instead of the ledger, everybody's just going to kind of, like a typical uh, LARP, I guess, just have like all their positions in a bag for the most part, maybe some in the bank, um, but go back in, going back to more like carrying the, your, you know, your loot on you kind of thing, or... So we went through and we issued item cards for every item that was on players' ledgers. That was, that was fun. Um, <laughs> and now... Um, Instead of it being called a ledger, so to speak, uh, it's, a, it's a player bank, which is optional. You don't have to keep your items in the bank. Um, so if you prefer to keep them on you, it, it uh, you can certainly do so. If you want to keep them in a bank, there's certainly benefits to doing so, and you can do that. You can come to Logistics to access your bank, or you can wait till the quartermaster's out and about a game. We'll, we'll still be there, like Tiff said, during the marketplace, and, and um, Jake mentioned, and uh, we'll still probably be out hooking mods here and there and we'll be able to probably access your bank um, at that time too. Uh, we're, I think we're doing 25 slots to start with, um, to limit it. We may, if we find that's too much, we may add like a upgrade purchase to your bank, kind of like in like a uh, MMO style um, at that point. Um, I know we even, um, 
mess around with the idea of doing like character loans or all, all kinds of things, all kinds of different ideas to try and, and uh, revitalize the marketplace because there's several reasons why it just was very stagnant. But I think for me, what I saw was that just items weren't moving from one player to another because they were on these sheets and because it was just as easy for you to come to a quartermaster to sell your things as it was to try and find a buyer mm. from a buyer or, or something. So hopefully the, these decisions will help uh, invigorate the marketplace as well. Uh, it looks like Austin had uh, yeah. asked a yeah. question. Now banks can be robbed. Is it like an in-game box? Um, that's a good question. We haven't really decided the, the logistics of it. Currently, uh, the ledgers, so to speak, um, and the quartermaster hut was technically an in-game location. Um, we'll we'll have to discuss further details about about that. Yeah, I think the bottom line here is, you know, we, we obviously want the game to feel as much in-game as possible and have in-game consequences. And you know, our, our whole idea is, you know, creating this this world. I mean, also before that, said, hey, I'll kill this engine if you make me a cloak for this pelt. And, uh, you know, we want that kind of atmosphere and that and that kind of thought. But also, we also don't want to, like, we're not going to, like, go out and say, you know, oh, this is stealable and, like, have an NPC steal your, you know, steal the guild, the, the bank every game. You know, I mean, obviously, we, we don't want to say that's never going to happen because there might be plot implications. You know, there might, PCs might decide to freaking raid, you know. <laughs> but, if, if something like that does happen... It'll be because other events and situations led to it to get to that point. Right, right. Um, but but we would never just like have it be like you know. I, I'm not. I don't like. I don't like the like I, the saying. I like to say only Sith deal in absolutes. And uh, so you know, I, I don't want to say that something like that could never happen. But I can definitely answer your question: is it's not something we had thought or talked about. And it's it's. We, we've always had a very PvE kind of game where it's good versus evil. The town is usually on the same side. We're very fortunate in that aspect that that's the kind of uh, kind of community that our player base is kind of in and out of game developed. And it's certainly something we want to nurture, so we're not really going to go out of our way to, to put conflict into that kind of situation. So. Sure. Not, not to get too in the idea of uh, items and banks and realism and whatnot, uh, are we going to have to be concerned about how much our character is carrying with us at one point? You know, if we have 25 iron ores in my little pouch that's this big. I, yeah, you I can't move. It's that one item that puts you over your weight, then you can't move. <laughs> <laughs> Walking slow, like in Skyrim, everywhere. Yeah, you can't fast travel. No, I don't think we'd ever do that. <laughs> yeah, we, we would never do that. I mean, that's as far as like uh, that's why we would have the twenty-five slots a player could have, where you could have twenty-five items of different, uh, you know, twenty-five different items of however many quantity. But you can't be like, you know, Mister, like I want to carry like all these different kinds of twenty-six different kinds of bowls. Like, hey man, you can only carry twenty-five. I'm sorry, you gotta <laughs> let go of one. Um, as far as like something that you can logistically uh, carry around you, I mean, as far as like weapons go, you can't be the guy who says, "I have seventeen swords," and I'm like, "Really? I don't see you carrying around seventeen right. fizz reps, man." Fizz rep it. Fizz rep it. That's one thing we really care about with weapons is uh, 
you know, if you if you want to come into battle with all these different weapons, you should have a fizz rep for each weapon. Um, but if you have like you know two different iron swords, you know you could have two of the same sword be that iron sword. But don't be walking around with like I have a sword, a shield, a spear, and a full suit of plate armor. And I'm like, really, all I see is your monk robes and your staff. Where you? I don't know where you're keeping all this stuff, man. I don't know. Like, are you doing kegels or something? What's going on? Oh my god. <laughs> that's that's uh. Definitely one thing uh, um, I know we all talked about before as far as people carrying around the actual weapons and armor that they have on them. But as yeah. far as like ore or things like that go, um, as far as it sits to 25 slots, then you should be good. Um, and kind of what Jake brought up with the, with the schematics earlier is that a lot of the schematics we've created are for actual legitimate pieces of clothing like, you know, a fancy hat. Well, if you're going to benefit from the fancy hat item we expect you to have a very fancy hat on. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we actually were joking around that the first mate hat from maggie's crew is a very fancy hat for the purposes of the schematic so um yeah you know we we expect you to 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 wear the kind of materials and items that you are uh saying you are having on paper right yeah i mean spoiler alert, tiki mask if you're not wearing a tiki mask i'm gonna cry okay <laughs> cool all uh, right um let's shift gears just a little bit and see if there's probably more rules uh, although that was the big ones um teaching and language that seems like it's changed um but as far as lore anything big going on um i know that's kind of like a lot of stuff you learn in game um there's kind of like before we left the main continent, you can read all you want. Um, and I know there was a lot of kind of lore drops at the at the party, I heard. Um, just kind of finding out more about about some certain characters and how about a little bit about magic, how that works and stuff. Um, but what, what can we kind of... Or is that going to be focused this year? Um, we're going to have lorgasms. Let us know. Lorgasms. So... Uh, a good place to start would probably be where we kind of left off at the end of last year. Um, yeah, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Thanks. So, maybe um, we left off with the epilogue, of course, describing everything that kind of happened throughout the year. Um, the big thing was the big reveal of kind of this um, entity that's kind of been manipulating a lot of the strings behind the undead and the mist and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, that's like the big reveal at the end of the year. Um, the beginning of this year, I mean, without giving nothing away as much as little as i possibly can <laughs> uh, there's a lot of mystery to be unveiled is um some of it's kind of dealing with the aftermath of that because uh when the uh army came through um there's a lot of devastation to a small bird you know virgin colony that had barely begun to grow and then you have this undead army come through and kind of just waste the space um so that's um that's something that you know, we're going to see the after effects of this year is you know the, um, the downside of what you know what happens when you fight a war um, there are, you know, a lot of still threads that are going to be continuing to be carried until from last year until this year. Um, but I think the best way to give, give, you know, a good hype and give some good inclination to what we're all going to do this year is to kind of talk about some themes that we thought that were really important this year. Um, when we first made the game, uh, we all really were big into it uh, being about exploration. And the first year was really hard to facilitate to a point because we had to kind of set the stage, you know, like Avenger style. Like you have to, you know, every there has to be all those build up movies. 
Um, so we had to have all the buildup of why you're in this new world, uh, what kind of things that you encounter, what kind of resistances there are. Um, so this year, uh, we're going to see a lot of exploration. Uh, I can't go too much into detail. A little, we've kind of given a little bit of tidbits, but um, the best way I can say is don't expect to stay in one place. Um, a big, another a big um, thing we wanted this year is diplomacy. Um, the PCs of Port Harmony have already begun to negotiate with the Mungu uh, and the Soren. Um, there might be more of that, whether with those or maybe others. Um, I think the biggest thing is we want to return to um, more more about personal. Sword sorcery is all about um, about uh, personal stories and personal struggles, um, not really against the big, bad, bad threats of, you know, this big, this overwhelming threatening the world, but it's about personal struggle. And not personal as in, like, one PC, but the small struggles of the town to deal with uh, specific situations. Uh, so I think those are some of the big themes we're going to carry into this year. And I think uh, if you want a really good hint, I think you people should go out and really read our event hints, and that might give you a good hint. <laughs> yeah, I've always heard uh, something interesting when people talk about LARP, and they always refer to like each month as the apocalypse of the the apocalypse of the month. You know, yeah. so yeah. you know it's it's almost impossible not to have an overarching connecting theme with like meme mods and stuff. But we want to definitely uh, we want every player to be able to find their own story. So, mm -hmm. something they're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, we, uh, we're taking a big risk here, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we've kind of set in motion, like, the plot line. I'm trying not to give anything away either. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> but, like, careful. <laughs> careful. Um, but the things that we set in motion, and, and we kind of do like we did last year, we, we did an overarching like uh, outline of what we want to do and what we want to accomplish. And I think this year we, we've really set a pace for ourselves that's, that's pretty intense. Um, and I think we're really like putting the chips on the table, you know, kind of like going all in this year. And exploration is definitely a theme, like Pete said, you know, like... Um, but like we want to, we want to give our best, and we want to hit on that subject, and and just make the best we can. And you know, I, I think we can do it. <laughs> it is we, we, we raise our hands when we have stuff to say during our meetings, so we don't yell over each other. So I'm like sitting here, like, ah, I guess what to say. <laughs> yeah, you go first. Um, fine, go I just want to say on the on the note of exploration, uh, we're really excited. Maybe not quite before the event, but at the very minimum after this first event, you will see a new hex map. Yeah. New up hex map. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I think, like, like I said, I'm trying not to give as much away. I think a good another theme for the year is people discovering more, um, so the, the, breaking the veil of what the world is and finding more about uh, who they are and what things really mean. Deep lore. Deep yeah, lore, yeah. yeah. A lot of deep lore will be revealed this this year, and it's gonna be. I'm we're really excited to see uh, people unveil the storylines that we all together wove together that made us uh, cry and laugh sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we're we're mostly just we're not excited to see them just because we wrote them. We're excited to see all your faces when you find things out and it's, all the things that we interwove. Yeah. And, it's big re big revelations yep. like when the, when you see that light bulb go off and they realize <laughs> there was a reason for everything. Mm -hmm. uh, that is really the most rewarding thing for me about writing yep. right running LARP is seeing those those big aha moments on players' faces. So, so I took packets. 
Oh, yeah, um, Pete, well, why don't you tell uh, well, let me just comment on that real quick. Um, this isn't, I think, a spoiler, only for people who weren't there, but it already happened. So, like, I'll just say, like, yeah, that happened for me. Like, right before the end main mod, I'll say, you know, um, someone came in and gave a speech and sort of, yeah, revealed something. And it, it was kind of like, oh, I did not see that coming. And a lot of things <laughs> make sense now. And so that was, you, you've definitely accomplished that before. Um, and that was, and that was just a really cool experience. I thought for me, like, I was like, oh man, <laughs> like you guys pulled it off real well, or like I had no, at least, you know, I didn't know what was going on necessarily, and it just kind of made sense. And I was like, wow, that makes this a little more awesome, you know, as, as awesome as it all kind of was leading up to it. I was like, wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, we're all really. I think one thing that we all we all do really well as as a, as a team is. Um, we're really good at making sure that not, I, I, I don't want to say that everything has a reason, but we make sure that there are nuggets left everywhere. There has been war nuggets of things that, that people might not have picked up on that it might pile up in their head. And they're like you said, they're going to make that connection. Uh, we're really, really good. I mean, I mean, I think Joe kind of caved the way for this because this has always been kind of one of his big things uh, is really hinting at things very early on. Um, and I think I think that helps because it gives people a tease, and it's always going to be an itch on the back of their head. Um, so I think I think it's going to be more come to head this year because we have, like I said, we have less about setting up the world. Now we kind of have that free reign to kind of make the more or the other Avengers movies. You know, we don't need to set up the team. Um, but one thing that um, Josh was just going to Josh is that while the New World and Terra Nova and Port Harmony and all that, um, the wheels spinning there, um, there are things going on back in the old world. Um, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't stay frozen. There are things that happen in those, um, in those countries. Um, we are going to release uh, packets that players from those countries uh, will be getting that saying, hey, this is what's up in your country uh, while you've been gone. It's kind of like your country saying, hey, you know, this is what happened. Um, I will I mean, there's nothing, we wanted to make sure that there was nothing to like, hey, I got to go rush back home. Um, right. But there are really cool, important nuggets that I think people should really disseminate uh, into the populace. Oh, newsletters. Newsletters, yeah. Newsletters yeah. From, back from the Shire. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we, wanted, we wanted new players to be able to share something new, mm -hmm. too. So, like, you know, if you're just coming in, you know, it's always good to have something, you know, that no one has on the rule book yet, you know, on the lore book yet. You know, you can read all this information and you can share it. And uh, we're going to, as, as things change in, in, in the new world, we'll also be updating it, too. So, you know, like someone coming from a kingdom, um, you know, the very first of the event um, might, you know, might know something. And then someone coming later on will know something more to add to it. Cool. Yeah, and that, that makes the world bigger, you know. It's not just our town and the things we interact with. There's all this other stuff going on and it has effects over there and it's little butterfly effect or however you want to put it, you know. Uh, and it, it just adds depth and it adds, it can give motivation for some characters. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's cool. And it, I think the hard work you guys put into it shows and pays off uh, by making a, a colorful world that we can imagine and be inspired by and enjoy being in. So I'm excited to see all that. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, yeah, I, thank think, I think Pete's going to answer uh, the question oh. about here. Oh, so Austin said that uh, do our between uh, BGAs, I assume between game actions, uh, going back home to be code those early. Um, on the Wanderfoot Charter, when you sign up, uh, it's a one-way trip. <laughs> you don't go back home. It's kind of like going, you know, going to you know the North America 
you don't get to sail back to England. It's kind of you stay there. So um, once you are in game, you don't go back home. So um, even even it's okay. Don't worry about it. No, um, it's okay. That's why we're answering these yeah. questions and people are you know get this. Um, so this is kind of it. Also, like he said, it helps new players. So if you are new and you are planning on coming to an event, you still will get these packets. So it might help that if you're a new player from a country no one plays from, um, might be some bringing some good information to the world. Or just even not even if nobody plays from it, but you know you come into game and say you're from the Shire, which half of our game is, um, <laughs> you may be able to like really speak as if this is real and going on to you, and you just came mm -hmm. from the, these experiences. Mm -hmm. You can maybe even answer some of their questions about it. And, you know, if you have maybe. If you're a brand new player and you get this packet and you have questions on maybe a little bit more intricate details that you might have, uh, feel free to find uh, whoever the the marshal who wrote the packet on that kingdom, and we'd be we'd be glad to point you in the direction mm -hmm. of whoever that would be. They might be able to even give you something a tiny bit extra that's not in that paper that you would know because you literally just came there. Yep. So. Cool. Interesting. How much? Um weird question but um is there anything that's we again spoiler free but we might see next year that you guys like players kind of influence those things or it wasn't even necessarily anybody on staff came up with uh it's just either like choices people made or um you know something that somebody wanted to do and they approached a staff member or a, an npc in game and set something into motion anything like that or has it all kind of followed a path well, more or less I would say that um, really, um, Pete mentioned this earlier that the, for some of the races that uh, were introduced last game, the Mungu and the Soren, native to the uh, to the, you know, the new continent, all of the interactions that the players will get, um, more of them will be because of the relationships they build in game. So you'll see more um, Soren and uh, more Mungu NPCs because of the relationships the players built with them. That's a they have a direct influence on the continent and how often we send those out. Um, that's totally player based, and that's kind of exactly how we wanted it. We all talked about it. We have these, you know, people who are native to the island um, and you know, or continent. When you people come over there, um, you know, how the players react to them is all it shapes their world, really. And because they built allies or maybe, you know, didn't build allies somewhere, kind of that's like the biggest influence I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, something that players impacted directly. What was that, Pat? <laughs> the biggest, biggest things that we can think of that aren't yeah. plot spoilers. Yeah, that aren't plot spoilers. Yeah, good. That's a good caveat. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I guess it was yep. kind of a yes or no, but uh, <laughs> so, yeah. yes, yes, yes. 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 <laughs> so I, I'll I'll give that without giving anything away because um, there are some things in the old world that have changed um, because of player interaction. Okay. In um, the new world, in the, it, because of their actions in the new world, have changed things back home, um, which is which is really cool, and I we're really I think we're really excited to see people make that connection. Uh, Tiff, do you want to answer uh, Austin's question? That's very up your alley. Okay, so the question was, um, everybody speaks common. Will there be more languages available other than the eight or so available? Um, that one is, you know, depends on if you develop a good enough relationship with the other people that you meet on the continent. You know, if you meet another tribe and they don't speak common, um, they might not want to teach you at first. You might not. It all depends on how you interact with I mean, even something like the Mungu, it's taken a long time to unlock communication with them. Um, so it's something that um, as the players develop relationships with those tribes, they will become you know, more comfortable 
teaching players. Was that something you guys just wanted to do, where you added the, the language option with sign language, right? So. Yeah, so the sign language thing has, um, it's technically been in-game since we released the last, like, five levels of our crafting system about halfway through the year. Um, it's just something that wasn't highly publicized, um, and so I wanted to make sure that that got put, spelled out in the rulebook right away, that when um, all, the, all the players, if you come from a kingdom that speaks another language, you can come in with one language, um, regardless of rank really because if you grew up in Yomi and you spent all of your time around Obake, you would speak Obake. Like you would get right. that kind of thing. So um wanted to give people that mm -hmm. option of if you grew up in that culture, if you were of that race, you could still have that. So that goes for players that have already been in our game, like you can if if you were around that language, you know, feel free to use that one language and write that on your sheet so that you know what you need. Oh. And was that something staff just felt like would add to the game, or players thought yeah. they wanted? Or yeah, do you want to talk about the depth? Of well, that was definitely that had a lot to do when we were doing things like uh, world building. Like you mentioned before yourself about how adding things like kingdom packets and like letting people know it, it made the world bigger. Right. A lot of, one of those things. When we it was actually a bit of a decision just to say way way in the beginning. That, hey, are we going to have different languages at all, or is this at a phase in the world where everybody's just speaking common anyway? But, like, we all decided that such a huge part of the game is exploration, and exploring is finding out about these cultures and things like that. And so much of culture in the real world in games is language and how it evolves, how it interacts, that we'd be doing just a real disservice mm -hmm. if really unique, fantastic races didn't have their own character languages that really explained their culture. And a lot of that uh, started um, with, um, you know, we we started, uh, I think, with like kind of like puzzles in a way um, and script and just like how it was written out. Um, and that kind of like, you know, those kind of ideas like floated on other ideas. Uh, Felicia developed like the Mongu language is like, you know, sort of akin to like Morse code and um and then when me and um jake work on ritualist or whatever we actually have like a whole language <laughs> that we made and there's there like a way, there's like a way that it works and uh some of it's a little it's like formulas because you know ritualists ritualism there's power behind the words kind of thing kind of like shouts and skyrim um was like some of that influence so yeah, yeah like I that. love linguistics. <laughs> you know, so I I had a character in game that came by, I think once or twice, uh, Lapot, who was like a frog. He was like Cajun, you know. And I think I spent like a week and a half learning yeah, Creole, um, so that when I came in the game, nobody could understand what I was saying. <laughs> no, <I'm> just <laughs> just like that wasn't why, but. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Alrighty, uh, so do we want to talk about um, character advancement, people getting higher levels? Um, is that tied yes. in with the titles thing you guys have been kind of teasing, or is that a separate thing? Or? Um, Pat, you go first. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, <laughs> Tag team. <laughs> uh, Danny, 
did something really helpful in uh, uh, changelog of reminding everybody something that may not have been perfectly clear, that our insight, what you gain, caps at 20. Um, and that has been our, our, since we started, but we weren't, we weren't positive if it got spelled out last year quite as vividly as we wanted. But um, while essentially that caps your insight growth at two years, if you like, you and everything like that. The one we wanted to make vividly clear that the build is cont- continues beyond that, um, and, and something that Jake and I have been spearheading with everything um, is a concept that we call titles. So the idea is that. Um, Titles are something that don't fall into the other lists that are currently in the core rulebook as they appear. So you have, you know, mind, body, and spirit, and you have the crafting lists. Um, But you have these other forms of growth that people are used to, either from other video games or from uh, things like Dungeons & Dragons. So um, what we wanted to give people was the opportunity to continue uh, their, their growth in these ways that really, really rely heavily on roleplay. Because while while the players can continue up their insight uh, as per normal up to 20, without having to, usually without having to, you know, worry too much about more than just the standard amount of large roleplay, our titles, what we wanted was something to people who really dive into the lore, who really um, focus on exemplary roleplay, and something that we can give them, not something that's necessarily more powerful than what's in the rulebook. Um, we want to give them something that was uh, niche to their their rulebook. So, um, as an example, um, without giving away any of the rules side of it, um, because that is still deep under construction, uh, hopefully to be done soon, um, one of the title ideas that I was working on so far was the concept a uh, bodyguard. And that is something that is not in the core rulebook. Now there are basic ideas in the core rulebook. So you'll see that like in intercept. the idea like intercept and um, got your back, body lists and things like that. But for somebody who meets the mechanical requirements that we will set out, um, which in also include having gone to, having at least 10 insight, which is essentially our way of saying, okay, we know enough about your character into a full season of our game. Another requirement we needed to do is character has to have a, a character submission. Uh, a character backstory kind of thing. A character backstory of a submission. Um, just so we know enough about your character and we know that you know enough about you. Sure. Comfortable like giving this kind of insight. Um, the concept of these things is simply that um, there's something that's... It's, it was a balancing idea that I initially wanted to push that I had originally gotten from just playing Pathfinder. Is that their their prestige classes in Pathfinder necessarily more powerful than just different flavor. It's just a, a yeah, it's just a unique flavor and something that in that one situation is probably more powerful. Mm. Being probably just a level twenty wizard in all other situations would be good. So there's going to be titles for everything that's currently in the rulebook, basically, so that everybody has a chance to take their own individual flavor of their rulebook. There's going to be um, 
things for the kingdoms uh, okay. that that are based more about like their personal flavor about like the cultures back home because if you look into our write-ups um we've I'd, I'd like to say that everybody who's written something has done an excellent job of putting stuff into their cultures about like individual units that are famous for their kingdom mm-hmm. or uh you know sneaky groups that get around mm-hmm. uh especially things for uh the, the gods are going to be a big part of yeah. titles. Um, there's going to be specific ways to, um, I'm not going to say specific ways to worship, but uh, each god will have um, kind of, if you again, if you look into our write-ups, have a stylized thing. So say for trance, you have like the road priests. Um, for Venice, you have like the fake guard and all that kind of thing. That all appears and gets in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cool. And then we're also going to have things covered um, as far as just uh, races are concerned. Um, so that will be something that specifically are called uh, racial paragon titles. So essentially things that if you really dive into your own uh, racial war and it's something you really represent, you may get the opportunity to explore that in a racial paragon title, which just kind of helps reinforce that role play by itself. So if you've been hearing whispers about titles, each class and things like that, that's essentially what's coming. Very, very excited. Everybody's working really, really hard to get the info, and uh, me and Jake are get it all organized up for you as soon as we can. Right. Yeah, and just to add on what Pat said, I mean, um, when I originally started Frontier Dawn, uh, I came on to help with the rules as a, like just like a uh, as a favor, and I eventually became staff, and now it's a year later after our first event. Um, and so, uh, being like someone who started on the rules, you kind of have to be the kind of guy that's like, wait, guys, I don't know if we can do this. It's this balance between everything. Mm-hmm. Then when you work on the title list, you can be like, all right, guys, let's do- now we can do some really fun stuff. Now we can really, like, be really creative and really think of, like, really niche cool things that something can do. And that's just really, it's very freeing for me personally. And kind of just like anything we do in Frontier Dawn, we always go, like, big um, with it. I mean, uh, there's going to be every um, thing under the sun involved in our game will be, you'll, you know, through RP or just something from the rule book will most likely have some sort of title. I mean, you, you have, like, every source in mind. You have different types of body uh, fighting styles. You have, um, you know, Pat said different types of the gods. Uh, their followers can get something like that. And we even talked about um, doing hybrid um, combinations of things where two people gain... Uh, something we really often talk about higher lists, how people can gain more than one higher list if it makes sense. And then potentially you can do even a combo off of that to other higher lists. We kind of go like pretty nuts when we do things. We always we always plan things out uh, very far in advance, um, and we work ourselves ragged. But always, uh, I've always think it proves shows in our product that we produce. And I'm just uh, I'm just really excited to see people um, begin the RP um, to get really into their uh, the title list that we design. It's always nice to see something you work so hard on come to life and really shape your game. And then you can have people talk to other people and maybe like oh. They, well, once one person gets a title, maybe they can help someone else get that same title. Mm-hmm. And I always find that those types of moments really create a nice community in LARPs. When you have, uh, for instance, uh, someone who's like a bodyguard, and someone's like, wow, you know, I've always wanted to protect somebody. That, that I no longer need to have an NPC that's a teacher. That PC becomes a teacher for somebody. And they got this really cool kind of like moment of like PC PC interaction. And you, people build friendships from that kind of stuff. I'm sure a lot of us have moments like uh, of another uh, character we met from LARP. Um, that taught us something that maybe some NPC could have taught us, but it's a real it's a real player teaching you something, and I think it's really cool. That's why I like so much about higher lists. That's awesome. Yeah, so I just want to add that well before the, the thought leaves my mind. So I have seen some of the higher lists 
and they're not fully balanced yet, but they're cool as hell. And you should. <laughs> this is leads to my thing. Um, the I posted a few like days ago. Um, one of the core requirements in order to qualify for a high list is that you have to have submitted a backstory. That allows us that you kind of understand the role play. You like Jake and Pat said, you understand your character, and it kind of gives us a good idea of which ones, which higher list we should be really working on because. Um, it helps to know where your character your character goals are at. Um, so um, Josh made a really cool new uh, new form on the website. Uh, most of them are drop downs or like one or two words. Even the character goals only have to be a few sentences. Um, you don't have to write you know this you you know whole long you know ten page backstory about you're an orphan and all these things. Um, and you I mean all of us are all usually always open. And if you say hey I really don't know how to write this. Um, we are more than willing to to sit down and help you write a backstory because uh, we can actually sometimes make something really cool. Um, and before I get to Danny, um, the talk about the racial paragons. I think those are also going to be really important because it's going to unravel a lot of the stories of all these races. And seeing these paragons might inspire other players uh, to kind of uphold that role play too. So it's all just you know a really big, uh, good cohesive um, role play between all the races. So. I just wanted to say, for me, I'm never—I'm not really the kind of person that enjoys writing backstories. I always—I always know them. I can verbally explain them to somebody, but I'm not a very creative writer, so to speak. I don't like my adjective. Like, I'm just not a very creative writer um, with that kind of stuff. So, I really enjoy the the submission form, how it's just kind of exactly what we're—you just have to answer the questions we're looking for, um, and something else to consider for people. Uh, that I learned a long time ago is um, the timeline backstory. If you if you just want to lay out like your life from like one to twenty five or how old, however old you are, then and mark down what important events were. You don't have to write it in a descriptive story format. If there's something you need to know, you can give. If there's something we need to know, you can give it to us in bullet points on a timeline format. And that's kind of my preferred style of submitting backstories when I play a character. So, and just a lot of times people don't realize that's an option so also, also picking back off of that you know by submitting these backstories it allows us to personalize these experiences to you guys um you know it, it allows us um just Danny and i staffed at a different lark and this one guy was up for his hire list and Danny was able to just make a mod right off the bat after reading this hire list and give this guy this awesome experience um and it, it basically it's a matter of three nights just because he had a backstory mm -hmm. And, and th those kind of things help us help you. And, you know, because it's easy for us to be like, you know, oh, you walk through the same hallucinogenic cave that allowed you to kill your either father or Dark Vader. You know, you're now a Jedi. You know, we can do that with everybody who becomes a Jedi. You can't become Jedi in front of your dumb side. But we can do that. Well, well, we there is no Jedi hire list yet. Disclaimer. No. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keyword yet. Uh, so, but Key, seriously. Keyword yet. So it, would, it, would, it would be easy for us to, to like allow you know to have everybody walk through that same cave to become the quote Jedi. Sure. But we'd rather you know you guys have out experiences. So what, what the, like like we always said, this is not our story. We are just the facilitators of your stories. Right. So we want to make you have the best story and have some memories um, that'll last you a while and have a good time and you know your escapism and all that. So it's more for helping you and you get plus one build. So please submit uh, backstories. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you get one thing out of this podcast, please submit your backstory, guys. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. Yeah, yeah, if you need any help, uh writing that, I know 
myself, I'm available. I know Josh uh, loves to do it. Pete is great. Uh, Pat is wonderful. You know, we've we've all like, I, I think you know, we've all helped people at some point or another who's had questions with something about the lore. Um, you know, and help them. I know personally, like I helped somebody for like days. They were just asking me questions. And I, and honestly, I'm not saying that because it like, it bothered me. It didn't, it was awesome. You know, they, they had questions I didn't even think about within the lore myself that I, that I ended up, you know, it's that we talk about getting influenced on stuff and changing stuff this year. This person um, changed my thinking about a certain kingdom and, and their role play. Uh, And this person is brand new, uh, came towards the end of this year. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to point them out, but. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> no, that's cool. And this is all, you know, that's the magic of, of LARP and tabletop is that sort of personal experience, the being able to, you know, cater to your specific audience a little easier. You know, if you are unlocking an advanced class in, a, in an MMO, you know, you're the 10 balance person to, you know, find this item and kill this demon or whatever. But kind of like Josh was saying, like, it's all scripted. It, you know, there's nothing special or unique to you. Um, but but in LARP, you know, you might be the first, you know, Obake ninja or whatever that has to learn learn some blood magic to become a ninja or whatever, you know, just making this up. Or whatever, oh, I better be fashion. If you slow down, I'm running this down as you speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, Evan is... Evan, comes up with so many different characters like I'm sure he would love helping people like you give him two concepts to work on he'll come up with a whole new character for you he just that's what he does in his spare time he's like if I ever don't play this guy I got this guy lined up and I got this all <laughs> in my mind and like we were gonna start playing Starfinder and he had like five characters like the day after I said we might st- we might start playing <laughs> so yeah, that's that's just fun for people to like come up with new, and that's that's what's awesome about these kind of games and the fantasy and coming up with new characters. Uh, it's just the fun of playing somebody else and seeing the world through someone else's eyes and having a different motivation, a different backstory, a different uh, personality, you know. And that's awesome. You guys are facilitating that through these other means, um, and and this group, like the battles were awesome, but just the moments of like being in town with the other players and the staff, um, you know, the staff and the community just has a rich group of people who are creative and able to get into roles and stay in roles and really, I think, encourage everyone else to just kind of get involved and be immersed and um, have fun with it, you know, and you kind of benefit from, you know, LARP's been around for how long, you know, 30, 40 years now, and you have people that grew up LARPing and they're now adults so they have like 15 years experience 10 years experience of uh you know pretending to be somebody else in the woods and <laughs> do it so well that you like kind of forget for a second like oh that's that's just Zach and, and just, <laughs> that's a good example yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. uh and, and there were a lot of those moments in that last event that were really cool where it was uh you know there was no mobs there were no uh, at the end, there was just people kind of talking and really invested in their, in their characters and in the story, you know, as a town that we've created. So, so I think that's something that always really impresses me about um, 
my fellow staff members is their ability to uh, create these uh, characters. And I always get impressed too with um, uh, everyone who creates their characters in game. But uh, I, I always want to use the example of like the gentleman. You know, we have the gentleman's ball, and this is uh, an abstract thing that me and me and Joe sort of created a long time ago. We kind of hinted at him, but we really weren't sure what we wanted to do with this character. And then we, we kind of brought Pat in because we're like, Pat, we, we want you to play this character. And this talking about it with Pat really made this character come to life. And then, like, um, Brent, you, you were there. Um, that, we had the mod where um, Joe was actually playing a shadow figure, pantomiming Pat's voice. And they were doing such a great job of – and they never rehearsed this at all. No one rehearsed anything of, uh, you know, Joe pantomiming as uh, Pat is speaking on a speaker on his body. And, they, and I was just there, and like I was in awe as, as much as the players were, to be honest, seeing this for the first time. Because I was like, this is a character we we all talk about so abstractly. And to see him out the first time, it was amazing. And then at the gentleman's ball, we to see Pat in a, you know, an amazing garb, an amazing costume, walk around talking to players. And the players would be like, oh, you're the gentleman. Like it's, and it was really all because of all the great work that like Pat and Joe did to like make this character like really like all flush him out, make him have little mannerisms that made him feel like a, a real person. Like this isn't just some like carbon copy NPC that has like three responses. It's like oh, it's like a living, it's a living, grieving character. Yeah. And that's I just I think the best part about LARP um, for me is when you meet those characters. And they could be PCs, maybe other players you meet, or they could be other NPCs. We're just like this is such an interesting person that's and lives in this world. And this person is just doing is so committed and so passionate about it. And it, it kind of you know it takes you back. It takes me back sometimes to see that. And uh, I think that's what's great about LARPing. Yeah, and it's a great group to to be a part and do that. Um, pretty lucky to have found it, in my opinion. Yeah, we're okay, I guess, though. <laughs> <laughs> They're all right. They're okay. Cool. Uh, were there any... Um, how do I put this? Uh, anything that kind of, like, you know, ended up on the cutting room floor, as we kind of say, in the video world? Um, anything that you guys were working on but just couldn't get it in there or was sort of, I don't know, divided in staff? Like, just kind of, like... Yeah. Somebody really thought it wouldn't work, and they made a strong enough case. Or that well, question even makes sense. Yeah, we were talking about languages earlier, and I wanted to do at the very beginning the no man's sky thing with all of our natives, and it just became too cumbersome. Like you know how like in no man's sky, as you, like you talk to natives and they would speak a completely different language, and then like you know, Eventually and you, then you would learn a word and go on, mm -hmm. and like that's something I wanted to try to do, but it was just like. I sat down to do like one of them. Like I sat down to like the yum num language, and I was like, you know, I'll make it, you know, I'll make kind of like derivative off of like, like you know, like Ewok or something. Oh, that'd be cool. You know what they spoke? What they kind of spoke Ewok. Cause I have this like little Star Wars book that has like all the languages. God, I'm all about Star Wars today. I swear. I, I was... But anyway, um, I, I sat down to it. I was like, no, like it's just it's gonna drive everybody nuts. Like uh, any all the NPCs that do this would have to you know memorize it. That was that was one thing I think that got cut. That I'm kind of glad got cut because it would just be too cumbersome. But you know, so I have a bad habit of nominating myself for lots of projects and then never actually getting around to doing them. One of the things specifically is um, I, I still have every intention of eventually getting around to doing this, but I want to uh, eventually make a uh, a newsletter that actually every game like we distribute and it, it comes out at game and it's kind of like it's half 
it's half plot drops and it's half hearsay and it's half player generated rumors and it's half complete gibberish of stuff that doesn't matter but it's just kind of like you know essentially just like here's what's going on in frontier dawn this month and uh i wanted i of course coming from a graphic design background i want to make it you know I've got this image in my head of like the serious black moving pictures from Harry Potter newspapers. I'm not going to get around to that, obviously, but uh, stuff like that, projects like that, I always come up with and then scrap them in my head. Sometimes I'm really things that come around. The country for from this year. Or from last year? Um, yeah, well, I wanted to do uh, a very a completely interactive hex map. And uh, I, oh yeah, and that I wanted to do that too. That would have been fun. Yeah. Super ambitious. Like you click the hex and it tells you what it's good for, and just clicking the hex lets you submit your auction there and all kinds of stuff like that. If anybody's you know very versed in Flash and wants to donate <laughs> hours and hours and hours, <laughs> yeah, somebody wants an unpaid Flash internship. <laughs> Or an app. We, I, I, I fooled around with the idea of having like a, a, a rule book wiki that you can have live in the field to answer your questions. That's not necessarily scrapped. It's just put on the, the table. Bye, Pat. No, bye, Evan. I just saw Pat waving. Bye, Evan. See you, man. I mean, I know one thing that I left on the cutting room in the last year was there was an entire plot line I wrote out. Um, that is no more because of how good the players are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Entire plot line I wrote and you know, went out to do it, and no one took the bait, and um, it's gone now. I mean, it's not that I'm upset. I'm very proud of everyone being good guys, but it was very, actually I was actually very, very, very surprised. But that just goes to show that you know, along with everything we have, player interaction is is uh, pretty big. So morally, what did you mean? Not like skilled. Last year we hit a few chests in the woods and people just didn't find them. That was kind of funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did that a lot. Actually, I hit a puzzle in French Creek and uh, nobody found it and I forgot to clean it up. And then next month it was gone. So I think some Girl Scouts found uh, a great puzzle and some item cards hanging in the woods somewhere. And who knows? Um, I think, well, something that I know that kind of got on the cutting room kind of be cut down a lot was that um and me and joe kind of went back and forth talking about this was uh originally when we came up with ritualists we wanted ritualists to be able to do custom rituals you know they could do it themselves and they knew the words but the problem we were having is you know we would always need somebody following the ritualist to marshal their custom rituals so it's just logistically it's just not possible and it's just, uh so we we're going to cut it down to um uh, like one a ritual a day a custom that you can do and that's kind of why we, we made more schematics that people are going to get they can do now um, instead of being able to try and do all these custom rituals, uh, I mean that's something that we really wanted rituals to do this. But it's like, man, I can't. We can't have someone delegated to walk around with all these ritualists. And you know, if ever we have ten people that are all playing ritualists, it'd be impossible to marshal all those people doing that. Right. So I mean, that, that's something that uh, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, and we haven't uh, released <laughs> it yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the way that a ritual works is different now, and it works yeah. more. Um, uniformly and logically, um, like the words have like their meanings and like power behind them, and you know it. it I think it's going to be an easier system. Um, you'll be able to find words out in the world um, and understand them if you're a ritualist. Uh, cool. Just stuff like that, just to make it 
more uniform and as far as like the rest of the crafting classes and how they work and mm. there'll still be like experimentation but it won't be as free form as it was before right. so we don't like <laughs> crazy I could also think of something positive um, that we cut, and that's kind of kind of came about from Danny. Um, she kind of came to me with this binder of NPC cards that I made throughout the year and threw it on the table as it exploded with all these NPCs <laughs> I made. She's like, "We gotta do something about this." Cards all cannot, out. Like, yeah, she's like, "You cannot have all these different NPC cards." She's like, "We gotta organize this a little better." And I was I like, was "Danny, you're nicer than that." She was a lot nicer than that, but I like to, I like to dramatize it. So as she was spitting out fire, she said to me. <laughs> Uh, how are we gonna? We gotta do something about this. And I was like, Danny, you're 100% right. So during logistics shut-in, me, Pat, um, Danny, and Joe all sat down, and we just made a whole new system about how we're making NPC cards, uh, and we kind of built them off of our rule system. So now the NPCs are very much similar to characters mm-hmm. uh, and uh, how they're built, except you know with different modifications to them depending on the different NPC. But it's a lot more uniform, which I think uh, someone who NPCs is gonna appreciate a lot more too. They're going to be able to see their card, and uh, after NPCing one or two shifts, you're just going to know right away, oh, I'm this card? I know what I can do. It's a lot more uniform. And now everything else is more like flavor as opposed to like, oh, I need a, I need a card for an undead bear and a fire bear and a giant bear. And I was like, no, here's just this card that can be, put on some brown clothes. You're a bear. Because <laughs> yeah, what, what we found is like if you're going to make a fire bear, it's just like, okay, it's a bear that does fire, so just change your damage type. You know, kind of yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. And... and- even more importantly to me that fills my little heart with such happiness is all the cards are the same size mm-hmm. and they all fit in a box that's this big now <laughs> instead of a giant binder of things that were just pouring out and bursting at the seams and I just, oh, they're all the same size. I can't they're be happy. Broken, so now they're not going to come back ruined by, by Larper sweat? Yeah, right. yeah. it is. And uh, we bought wet erase markers, so if like we need to make a quick change to like like if you get the it's the cards aren't even going to say bear now; they're going to be like in, uh, basic endurance, you know, cards. So and we'll give you the basic endurance card for bear, and we'll just write uh, oh you you get a you get rake on it because you're a bear, so you've got a claw. You you do claws now or something, and you're a fire bear, so now you do fire. So we can just you know with the wet erase marker add fire type to your thing. So. Yeah, I think it's going to really streamline the process um, for everybody included. That's something we did. I think it's a we all just learned after you know the event because we had people like digging through all these NPCs trying to get something. You have them all over the place, and we just like we have to come up with a better system. And it's going to be easy for me too. So not every event when we get mods, usually I have to look at them and I have to write all different NPCs down. But now mm-hmm. we can just pull them from what we have. But you know, do not worry. We will still have the bosses with the two page long list yes. of things they can do. <laughs> Those there. will still be there. We'll still yeah, have we'll these giant uh, monsters. We're also going to have like a list of the skills that the NPCs will have, so that when you know you get this card and it says you know you have crit strike, um, okay. you can you can yeah. What is that? What does that do? And then you go and look on the list, and you're like, oh, that's like you know plus two damage or whatever, you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, yeah, I definitely ran into that being a newer player and events i didn't even have to or get to npc or something so yeah i'd have like this card with like uh, and i would t- make me not want to be the cooler more powerful thing because it's like oh it's too much stuff i gotta remember like 
they have eight abilities, and if I don't use them all, it's going to make the mod too easy, or you know, it's going to be these wasted things. So I, I appreciate that already. <laughs> Simpler is <laughs> yeah, better, I think, you know. Yeah, I think even from a perspective of like uh, playing like NPC bosses, I would say that most of us feel like what ends up happening is like, yeah, you have that two pages of skills and stuff like that, but you know, you you pick a couple. If you don't, right. if you don't get the card right, right away, and at a previous LARP, you know, I know this happened where it's just like, okay, I'm this character, and I have this one two-page list of things to do. I'm gonna memorize this, 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 and this because those are the most powerful, and they'll help me in the fight. Right. <laughs> you know, and then I, that's what I do. <laughs> it's kind of a shame, but I'll say this for generals we call out. I'm not. I don't know if it was a good fight or not, but I actually made flashcards of my character sheet two weeks before the event. I was studying, I knew exactly how many uses of literally everything, what it did, and I used every single skill on that sheet. And it was her in the hut ahead of time to help her. Danny was very prepared. It was really fun to be able to play uh, an NPC card to its fullest extent. I really, because normally you, you just get the card a day before the event or, or the day of the, or like an hour before the mod. And you, you're right. You can't do it justice. So because Jake, you know, was able to get that card to me so far in advance, I, I was able to study and I had a blast doing it. So I hope it, it read to the players. Likewise. More dangerous from here. You know, and yeah. I said it's only going to get more dangerous now. <laughs> I also would uh, think that because of the way the cards are built up where, um, you know, if you're, if you're, like you said, if you're worried, you're not going to use all the skills on a card. Um, since things are built in three levels, you know, we do uh, basic, uh, expert, and advanced. Every one, every skill from the previous card is on the next level card. So if you if you play the basic card, then and you already know what you have there. When you get the uh, next version of it, you're like, oh, I have all these things I had before, and like maybe one or two other things. It's like it's very easy. So like we, someone, you know, after you know two or three events, I can say like, oh, you played this card before plenty of times, so you'll pretty much know. It's all more, you way more uniform. So I think it's just going to be a lot easier. For everybody, and something that me and uh, Josh and Josh actually brought up was we really want to have talk with our NPCs about how like um, we really want to make it feel like more of a thematic fight when you're fighting somebody. Like how NPC, if you're NPCing and someone hits you with, like a really powerful hit, you should like reel back in pain, like oh man, that like really you know like feel like you got gashed in the chest, and kind of like giving like everyone like a, a little bit of. A, Josh is really good at this. His rousing speeches, he's famous yeah. for them. Uh, Josh, if you could talk a little bit more about that, I know it's something we talked about. Yeah, so what we really want to do is we want to bring it back. Um, a lot of times, you know, when people NPC, the true essence of NPCing is you're really there, you know, for the players. I mean, we want to, to entertain them, and we want to, and you you want a lot from that. I mean, that's what creates camaraderie. You know, some sometimes you go to a place and it's it's about it's NPC versus PC, and we don't want that. You know, we want you to give people a good showing NPC for them to then in turn give you a good show as well, and that goes a lot towards you know. Taking those high-level hits, like, like Jake said, you know, I think Jake said it. Um, if if you, if you haven't heard something called before, take it. I think that's what uh, that's yeah. what he said. If it's something you never hear someone say, take it. Um, that's not to say that'll work every time. Yeah, you know, right. like we're not telling you that we're guaranteeing your super high stuff will always work. But, but for the most part, you know, when you're NPC and it's 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 about entertaining the character, like Josh said, and if. If you, a lot of times, if you're not sure what that is or where it comes from, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. just eat well, it. I think the biggest thing is we really want to is um, you should be the NBC that your PC would want to fight. Like, would yeah. you want to fight this? Uh, there you go, Jake. 
I guess, and that's how I usually like to uh, when I NPC. It's usually how I play it. Like if I'm if I'm if someone's like really into comp, like they really want to have a tough, grueling fight. I'm like, okay, this will be a tough, grueling fight. If I see somebody like swing around their sword, being all thematic about it, I'm like, okay, we are in theater mode. We will, we will. I will have a back and forth with you, sir. Yeah, it would be more like a thematic that's fight. Good. Yeah. Um, or I, I mean, I, I was gonna just say if you're like if you're skilled enough to do this, because I know um, I forget who said this to me. Um, but like, you know, fight at a person's level as well. Um, you know, if someone's like not the greatest fighter, you know, you know, fight, fight to their level and, and, and really feel how they are, are taking the fight or whatever. Um, I don't, that's something that always like sticks in my head. Sorry, Jake. Okay. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a really good point, man. Like you never want to go, um, super hardcore, on somebody who's, you know, just stand there, like, going, like you know, not paying attention. You go up to somebody and you're swinging like a baseball bat, you know, you know still safely, but, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're at 10 and they're at a three. And it's just like, you know, we want everyone to have a good time. We want things to be challenging, but we don't want, we don't want things to be like, well, this was like way too intense for this person. You know, someone's, uh, we always want to make sure that everyone's having a, a good time while still keeping the, like the feel of whatever mod you're on. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really tough balancing act. And we, that's why it's something we're always going to have to talk to NPCs about. And it's actually why before we send out a mod, we'll talk to our NPCs. Um, you know, we'll say like, "Hey, guys, you're going out as animals, so be animals." You know, would a would a, a would you know like a, a wolf all of a sudden start uh, pouncing and swinging like a thousand times to attack one person? I'm like, no, they'd probably be a little sneaky about it. You know, mm. role play your character. You know, be so so. Make, I feel like it makes everyone more immersed in the game when you're like, "Oh wow, this thing's acting like a real wolf right now." You know, maybe I should like you know think about it, be more tactical instead of being like. Yeah, it's a guy in a gray shirt. He's just coming at me. <laughs> you know, you're more immersed right. in the world. Yeah, no, I think that's what I tried to do. Um, having not a ton of LARP experience, like, only did it for, like, a year or two when I was younger, and then just getting back into it recently, you know, you it's kind of, you notice the people who have been doing it a long time, and you're like, I'm not going to hit on this guy. But yeah. I could probably make a noise that I think this thing would make, and I could move around, you know, like, I can kind of make up for, like, what the fight might feel like by making it, like you said, the role play and the experience more realistic. Like it, it's, it's sometimes hard to do both and sometimes one can pay off better than the other, you know? And even in a big fight, I'll notice like I'm having this fight that feels like I'm actually fighting a skeleton. I look over and there's two people, like I saw Josh fighting uh, Corey once and they were just both like, <laughs> it was kind of cool to watch because they were both so good. And I was like, I would not want to be in that fight, but it's pretty cool to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to keep track of those numbers, but looks cool. <laughs> I was actually going to nod to you because I mean, you and, and your brother and crew, you guys really did a good job of Serpos once. You guys cornered this one guy, he was, and I, it was such pleasure watching you guys because this guy was obviously scared because he was alone. But you guys made sure you telegraphed things, you circled around him like a raptor, and you kind of played with your food, like like that that kind of thing. The guy was the guy, the character was obviously frightened, but you entertained him. It wasn't mm-hmm. like we caught this guy unawares. Let's just murk him and then go on to the next thing. And uh, I, I think that's that's kind of important there. It's it's, it's the general it's it's a shared experiences. And uh, yeah, right. And it was exactly like Jake said. Like if I got caught, like I was the first one awake, <laughs> and they said yeah, right. NPCs, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, what would I want to have oh. happen? It's gonna I, be a rough morning. Yeah, would I want them to just come over and plow me, or would I? You know, try to sneak away or distract him and get help or whatever. You know? Yes. And even that one mod from 
the last event where we all kind of wiped, it was like, I could tell, like, you kind of had to measure, like, what was going on. It was like, well, we kind of, we didn't come prepared, and we deserved to kind of <laughs> fall oh, a yeah. bit. Well, but they was kind of merciful at the end, like, the whole town didn't wipe, but <laughs> and then we took well, some damage, you, you know? Was, uh, the, was, I, think, I think you're talking about the mod where you came across oh, the guys me. who had, had the tubes all over the body. Right, yeah. Is that... And uh, that was actually, I was like, I really, that was probably one of my pilots of the event. Because, like, in you know, all the NPCs and PCs wiped everyone out. Everyone's on the ground. And then one one he, person's like, oh, I'm still alive. And both their legs are broken. And they're, like, soldier crawling around to heal people. And I'm like, like that's a really cool moment to be like, I'm the survivor. And she, she, that person saved everybody. You know, they, that's an awesome story to tell. Like, yeah, you know, this person saved everybody. And, you know, yeah, you were caught unawares. But, like, you were, the players were smart and the NPCs and kind. Like, we didn't walk up and just start mopping everybody it was back and forth it was a fight and like i think that was like a it's a really good example of how like the ebb and flow of a fight should go between npcs and pcs and uh, like it led to like a really cool uh, cool and organic moment which is all i mean that's really what we all want i mean we all know we're in the woods you know wearing costumes and stuff we want to make it feel as organic as possible yeah. with things and it's always a struggle that's cool i actually wasn't sure how we actually survived that because <laughs> i had gotten feared so i like ran <laughs> he just ran right away yeah yeah uh, so I wasn't sure how anybody did survive, really. So now I know. Yeah, you have Julie to thank for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. did something, but I actually never got. He was a trooper. So, yeah, that's awesome. Cool. I think we covered most of the questions I had prepared. Um, any other things uh, I didn't bring up that you guys want to make sure was kind of either teased out there or highlighted? Now that Danny's here, do you have any more questions for as the business-wise of things go? Because uh, we kind of start off without that. Um, do you want more numbers or whatever? Yeah, um, well, I just wanted to make sure that we, you know, highlighted that fact and um, celebrated, you know, the wins of what the yeah. money and the nonprofits bringing in, and even some details people might not be aware of, like, hey, these dollars helped us help these people or do this, you know. Which is because I'm saying, like, you know, we get caught up in how awesome the game is in this fantasy world, but you know, let's not forget, like, this is also doing some awesome things for people that we might never meet, you know, which is really cool, I think, to remember. So um, this was our really, like, our first full season, and as such, we had a lot of startup costs that um, mm -hmm. really excited that we're not going to, you know, hopefully have to see again um, in this year and going forward. Um, so la uh, last year, we were able to, as Frontier Dawn, we raised $750 for the Hope Hotline. Um, we also, as Eternal Pizza Party Productions, we did $600 for John Ritter Foundation. We did uh, $200 to Autism New Jersey. And um, we participated in several other events. Um, and just as a community group of friends who raised a lot of money, we donated a lot of goods. We did some food drives. Um, but for Frontier Dawn specifically, um, I'm, I'm excited. My goal is to double that number. I want to do 1500 this year um, to uh, the Hope Hotline, if not more. And uh, this is the first time I'm announcing it. But so for the Gentleman's Ball, we had um, a 50-50 uh, uh, item, like Chinese basket auction for goods. And um, the idea was that half of that money would go to charity and half of it would go towards, you know, uh, startup costs for the beginning of the year. Um, and we the, the we knocked it out of the park. The the event was so successful that I'm excited to announce that we're just going to donate all the funds gained from the auction 
to uh, Hope Hotline. So we're going to go ahead and do $200 flat to the Hope Hotline. So we've already got a head up. I'm not even going to wait nice. for the end of the year for that. I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, as soon as our account's totally set up, we're going to do that. Um, nice. um, I'm meeting with T uh, next weekend. We're going to be setting up a uh, specifically just Frontier Dawn uh, bank account um, in Delaware. So, so it's easier for me to bookkeep and keep track of and put the cash right in away. Because right now, we, I've got to get it back to her in Jersey, and it's a little bit of a distance hike. So um, excited about that. And um, there was something else I wanted to say. Um, oh, with the with the new camp with South Mountain YMCA, uh, the downside is that it is a little bit more expensive than our other uh, winter camp. Um, but it's so much nicer that I'm willing to, to, to try and figure out how to make the budget. And I don't know if it was brought over because I know – one of the questions you wanted to talk about was the new camp, but the camp, even though it's more expensive, it's got the room for us to grow into it a lot more than French Creek does. So, I mean, right now it's just our winter camp, but I would be totally open for the option of trying to budget in maybe one summer event next year. And then, you know, depending on how things go, maybe a second summer event in the future um, to see if we can, start making this more of a, a back and forth game because it is only 45 minutes from French Creek and we were able to get a new storage locker that is 20 minutes between the two camps. Okay. So we won't run a U-Haul anymore. We won't have to, you know, have those, those growing pains of transferring stuff to and from and driving from our garage and, and uh, everything. So um, yeah, I mean, for, we're 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 doing good uh, money wise. We're we're definitely above the profit margin, and and I'm excited that we're able to do what we do and give back to charity with it. So I don't know if anybody yeah, awesome. had any specific questions on that kind of stuff. We're totally transparent. Uh, it's part of our our mission statement. So if you ever have any questions about where your money goes and why, and you know you're totally allowed to come to me or or T or um, Josh, but Josh won't be able to answer you. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be totally clear with you. I'll be able to give you a hug. I won't be able to answer anything else. <laughs> Always a hit. I've heard it. Uh, I see Austin typing here, so he might he might have a question. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Austin. I think uh, another thing that I'm really excited about for this year is uh, we kind of do it every, uh, every event. We kind of have this, like, one – we call it, like, our wow – of, of like factor at the event like sometimes we'll do like a giant monster or josh will be like crazy light show or we'll do like we'll have smoke bombs over here or something like that like we always do have this like it's kind of how we budget around we'll have you know it, it really kind of goes between all of us like it'll be like any one of us can come up like hey i want to do this thing um and they'll be like all right we will help you do that um great example is you know uh, the obsidian that joe made that was like our big wow thing and that's like a big learning from, from that i know joe is like really amped up about um re doing something different with that and like kind of trying out some different things so uh, i'm really excited for that this year uh the crafting aspect of being more adventurous because we now we're more uh skilled and because we sometimes be a little bit more ambitious sure. <laughs> than we uh, uh than we can actually do but now that we you know trial and error and you know we have more a little more time and preparation you know we kind of uh gone through the motions i'm excited to see what we'll come up with me too. Yeah, and I think with that, we're going to uh, reach out to the community of players. And I know there's players who, who reached out to me after that event because um, the monster wasn't so successful. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Um. Um, 
I mean, it was awesome, but like, you know, the head fell off and then, you know, it's technical difficulties. So, you know, we're looking at making, you know, a better rig and uh, we're actually looking at making a uniform rig that will allow us to, to kind of do several different kinds of monsters Mm -hmm. on it. Um, You know, keep the cost down, uh, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm really excited for uh, the production aspect of this year and the things that we're going to create. Um, even like little things that might be like, you know, some characters, you know, an NPCs like little trinket that he has, or, you know, she has, that uh-huh. you know, they, they use that's just, you know, those little wow factors to add. Yeah. More and I think that's, was that it? More journal pages. Yes. Yeah. yeah more journal, journal pages. pages. Um, yeah, and that's, what's cool also about like, NPCing's not like such a drudge or a bore, like because you get to be part of these really awesome, you know, scenes you guys have made or encounters, and you get to do something cool, and you sort of, you know, you get to be in it and be a part of it. Um, so I know that's always been like I'm always excited to NPCs, sometimes more epic than <laughs> than NPC shifts, you know, because uh, yeah, you get to be these fun characters or interesting creatures you guys have come up with and see these uh, cool monsters and uh, scenes set up and come to life. So it's, you know, just as much fun sometimes more, you know. Um, so I don't know so, if you guys meant to do that, but it happened and it's cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> so also had Matt asked a question um, about um, the, uh, the the AR, the ARG game, the augmented reality game. Oh, yeah. Fun. Um, that hasn't stopped, so that's actually, no one had solved the puzzle that I originally put out. I, I meant to put out a hint. Um, I'm going to probably start it back up uh, this week, uh, probably tomorrow. Um, the, I got a new job, like, basically just, like, like getting the LARP going and then getting this new job. I was, like, on, like, tons of these interviews, um, and, uh, and it's kind of slowing down now. So I'll have time to really, you know, designate to that, and... Uh, it, It'll just be something fun. That was really something fun to keep you guys occupied. It's not really going to have any plot implications to it. It was really just get you guys to explore the lore and um, and, and and really uh, learn something about you know the game world. Um, you know, I mean, I might you know it, it might have some implications, but it's it's not really going to you know you got just like you got you know if you don't solve a puzzle, it's you're not going to be like behind the curve. Anyone else you know that that does? I didn't want to have that because. In a LARP, you know, you want to tailor to everyone's strengths and weaknesses. So it wouldn't be fair to like have this huge lore drop for people who are really great at solving puzzles, and and then people who aren't, you know, don't get that at all. Um, right. But I definitely wanted want to you know keep you guys interested, motivated, and kind of have this cool graphics and puzzles for you guys to solve. And I'm gonna still, I guess I'm probably still gonna I'm gonna start off probably tomorrow, do some stuff with it. Um, but it, it, it unfortunately kind of got in the wayside with us really, um, you know, working on this year. I mean, it was basically like, you know, personal life and then actual art stuff or, you know, these puzzles. And then I really had to unfortunately put them to the side a little bit for a little bit, but now you can bring it back up. So, cool. yeah, that kind of augmented reality stuff is, I think just, uh, when we met like earlier this year, it's kind of like a group, um, uh, just ways that we could, um, interact with the community more and build more, I guess, like hype and kind of like advertising for ourselves. To we want to, we want to, you want to grow 
as a as an entire community, not just for Frontier Dome, but for EPPPI. Um, and we're and we're looking for ways that we can do that. Um, we're I think there's actually like there's a couple of different events that are going to go on this year, you know, apart from Frontier Dawn, um, that'll kind of build that idea and, and keep it going forward. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I should probably wrap up. I really appreciate you guys uh, taking time out of your evenings and answering these questions and appreciate all the work you guys have put into this and uh, thanks for sticking with the technical difficulties. Maybe we'll do this again mid-season break or whatever. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good to me, man. All right. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward. Was it uh, two weeks that we're at? Yeah. So, so, a week from Friday. So I can't make any promises, but I'm hoping to have uh, the generator totally reset by at the very latest Wednesday so that players can go in. And if you're, if you're one of the lucky or unlucky people who had a skill deleted or reset or you were a polymath, uh, you can uh, go in and respend your insight and build. So. We also have a, um, a epilogue that's ready to go out for everybody for specifically the uh, gentleman's ball. Because okay. it, uh, we wanted to wait a little bit so that people had time to digest the 2017 epilogue because not everybody planned to do the, uh, the gentleman's ball. So we everybody you know, get a grab. You wanted to make sure that if there's any ramifications from the gentleman's ball that players can see that. Gotcha. So. All right, yeah. guys. Frontier Dawn 2018, be there. Yeah. yeah. Mega Dome. Woo! Ashton, thank Can't you wait. for taking thank your Yeah, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Ashton. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Happy, my pleasure. Ashton, you rock. Yeah, yeah I missed you guys. So, uh, looking forward to oh. seeing you. I look forward to weeks. seeing your green face again, man. Yeah. And, and thank you, uh, Austin, for being here yeah, and uh, yeah. asking those questions. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. And thank sure. you for all the warm wishes about my Java stuff, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, hey. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll right. see, see you guys.